Welcome to the MBA Jam Podcast with your host, Avinash Bajaj. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the MBA Jam. This is the host and founder, Avinash. Today we are speaking to someone who was very instrumental in me doing my MBA in the first place. <laughs> Today we are speaking to Praveen Karidiguddi. Is that right, Praveen? Did I say that right? Praveen Karadiguddi. Yeah. Karadiguddi. Sorry for that. <laughs> Praveen finished his MBA from Imperial College London one year before I joined there. So as I mentioned, he was a strong influencer in me choosing Imperial. Praveen is a serial entrepreneur. He has led and founded two consultancies with around 120 and 30 people respectively. Praveen is currently the founder of a company called Scrum Connect. Scrum Connect is a user-focused digital consultancy helping companies with digital and agile transformation and building great teams to build great products. We can ask Praveen to expand more about this uh, in the future, in, in this episode. Praveen, welcome to the show. Hi, Vinash. Thanks for uh, inviting me to your uh, podcast. It's a very uh, good thing you're doing. And I think as we are discussing, really good initiative uh, for any newcomers or new joinees to the any MPA, uh, even maybe Imperial or any other MBA. I think it's a good good information that you're providing there. Thank uh, you. Thanks a lot. Really, really appreciate that. So, Praveen, I give a very, very small introduction about you. I think what would be good is if you can like take your journey and describe your journey in your own words. You can start wherever you think appropriate if you want to start from your bachelor's or your first job, whatever. <laughs> Brilliant. All right. So, uh, my bachelor's was in uh, Karnataka, I think the same state you're from, Avinash. Yeah. Uh, so, born and brought up in uh, Belgium, uh, it's, it's the northern part of Karnataka. Beautiful, sleepy town. Uh, I mean, I would like to get retired there, not probably much earlier. <laughs> uh, then, my, my bachelor's was in computer science, uh, did... Uh, did coding in Java, C++ for a few years, then then worked across uh, Bangalore, uh, then moved to Malaysia for almost eight months. Mm. And ever since, for I think last 13 years, I've been in uh, UK across mm. both uh, both Manchester and London. Then then did my MBA, I think, uh, 2008. Not yeah. I think that's the date. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, first month into my MBA, I hear about Lehman Brothers crash. I was like, oh, no, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. But I think MBA has been a pivotal movement for me. Uh, mm-hmm. When I say pivotal movement, I always had that confidence uh, in me, but I think MBA gave me a very good perspective across being holistic across the whole organization. I know it moreover it gave me a confidence in terms of strategy, in terms of finance, in terms of change management, in terms of you know legal uh, various aspects. So it, it gave me a holistic perspective. And I think the major point about uh, what I love my MBA was the the IED. I don't know if you had the uh, entrepreneurship. Yeah. And uh, innovation and entrepreneurship design. Yeah, that I think one. Of, I think ours was like one of the last ones that I've ever had. I don't think they do that anymore, actually. All right, it's a shame that they're not doing it anymore. Yeah, I mean, that was. A, I credit lots of my uh, growth so far. Uh, I wouldn't say success because again, success is uh, subjective. So yeah, I mean uh, that helped me a lot. Then when I came out, I was like, oh wow, uh, especially coming from an Indian uh, background. Where we, are, where we are used to hearing uh, all the campus recruitments and all yeah. the companies coming. Uh, 
suddenly exposed to the reality that it's more about we I mean I knew this I mean I was here in UK for three years before doing my MBA yeah that's when it started hitting uh, hitting us hard where uh, my wife was expecting kid and then wow. me coming up and then <laughs> wow I think I think that is the time when uh, when when I spoke to you uh, because that's when I was making the decision to go to Imperial or not and I think that's when I spoke to you and you actually said um, the right expectations for me uh, because you were like look this is this is how things happen in India but when you're coming here be prepared for XYZ and maybe maybe that's why my um, you know my experience was much better I think if I wouldn't have spoken to you maybe my experience would have not been that good because I would have had like very different expectations <laughs> <laughs> good yeah thanks I'm glad that was useful for you Avinash and that was the hard way I learned so <laughs> learning should be fast but I think more than the job I think what it gave me the mindset right mm. mindset and mm. attitude to face any difficulties uh and to face how we grow up the startups or anything. I mean, it's not about just entrepreneurship or startups. Because I see like what you're doing is product management. That itself is an entrepreneurship. You're having a product on your own or any job is a leadership job for me. Right. So that gave that perspective of that attitude, how to face challenges in life. Uh, from then, I think it's no looking back. So I've been consulting for uh, last, uh, I think, before starting my consultancy, I did uh, various kind of consulting gigs hmm. across different organizations, worked across ASOS, worked across Nokia, uh, B-Sky-B. Yeah, you, you worked, yeah, exactly. You worked across like some very, very nice and big firms, right? Like B-Sky-B, uh, Electronic Arts, ASOS, um, and, and more recently in the government as well. So I think government has been, a, again, a pivotal moment after NBA working in GDS, uh, Government Digital Services. I'll talk mm. about a bit more GDS there. Cool. But more importantly is after my, after I finished my MBA, I picked up different roles. So one thing which uh, is very, uh, one important statement which I have across my wall here as well, which, um, which Richard Branson says is, if you get an opportunity, take it up, say yes, and yeah. then, then take it there and learn. So, so I've done. <laughs> It's roles uh, after my engineer after my MBA. Uh, so being a business analyst, being a coach, delivery manager, agile coach. So now I think I've found that niche or a sweet spot of mine where I like. Uh, basically, it's about people, right? At the end of the day, it's people. So it's about nurturing people and bringing the best out of them. Maybe coaching or maybe product coaching, etc. So mm. uh, and that's. It so happened I was working in government digital services that uh, was good three, four years ago. Uh, that was a quite uh, early stages where they were challenging the way government or way the services were run. Earlier, we used to have ministers saying, do it this way, and then the services would happen. And when I, I think I remember very closely when I was there for the first month in my uh, GDS experience there. So I caught up with the CIO of whole government so his name is Stephen Kelly hmm. so he said 20 to 80 percent projects or uh, government projects are a failure right? and how much is that you said I missed that number 70 to 80 percent wow. of government items were failures up until then <clears throat> so I think GDS was very instrumental where they wanted to move away from big IT and the major thing with GDS bought for the whole government was user user-centered design so it's more about 
thinking what the citizens want, not what the ministers or what the government wants, mm. right? So that has spread like a wildfire across uh, MOJ, Ministry of Justice, Home Office, uh, DEFRA, you name it, any big government organization, they are thinking from a user perspective. There's a yeah. research, there's a design happening. So like uh, Steve Jobs says, right, it's about design thinking. So it's more about finding out what's the problem rather than saying this is the solution. It's more about finding out what's the problem, then doing hypothesis and then actually testing it out quite regularly. Yeah, so, exactly. To be honest, that's that's quite refreshing, right? Because because I'm, I'm in London as well and I can see that uh, the government services have caught on to this lean methodology and the startup culture of working and they're actually incorporating that pretty actively instead of just talking about it. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, they, they are actually walking the talk there hmm. uh, because uh, I'm seeing it in person. When I said walking the talk, it could be when they said no more big IT, right? There are no, there have been no big contracts to IBMs or Accentures, etc. Big. I mean, there are still contracts going out to them, but yeah, the fact like small SMEs like us are are having 40 people, 40 consultants, and running like four to five million pound business. Yeah. And prior to I was running, uh, was one of the managing partner at Agile Sphere, where I was quite instrumental to bring it up to 120 odd people. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that's been my journey so far, where you see from a engineer to, yeah. and <laughs> to more about uh, uh, business product and coaching and delivery management, etc. Yeah. But now, now it's more about. Uh, uh, I mean, it's, it's, I can't, I mean, I'm living my dream as such for the last four or five years. I keep telling my wife it's like a holiday, uh, but I'm living my dream. But it's it's, it's quite quite switched on uh, as as an entrepreneur. I find it it's quite uh, hard to kind of take the focus away. Yeah. Uh, but one thing I've learned the hard way again is more about how do you systemize it? How do you make sure that even if the company is run, uh, I mean, I've not yet. I'm trying it, but uh, <laughs> but it's more about how how would the system run right without me? Uh, I mean, it, it shouldn't be that way, but it's still dependent. But I've got few uh, few good business partners uh, that has helped, who understand the way we are working, who understand the vision, etc. And then the consultants. It's more about creating the right mantra with the consultants, yeah, uh, so that they are bought into the mission and the vision why we are going. So an example being. We recently won a big four million pound uh, contract with DWP to deliver mm. good uh, services right from discovery. So when I say discovery, it's about finding out what's the problem, what is the problem that we are trying to solve. Then we move into alpha and beta. So we have two teams there working on on this uh, particular services in Newcastle. So yeah, I mean, I don't know, if it's been helpful or not, but it's it's been uh, at least a roller coaster ride. For yeah, exactly. No, it's it's really impressive, you know, because I'm looking at your LinkedIn profile, and I think that's honestly one of the biggest or longest profiles uh, I have seen. So it's like really impressive that you worked across like so many different kind of companies, uh, that and and some of them are seem to be at some some different pace, right? Because the government uh, will have different pace as opposed to maybe some of the other companies you would you would have worked at. Sure. But I have to say, government is a much better pace compared to the private companies. Right. Uh, yeah, that's, that would come as a bit of surprise to people. But the kind of work we are doing in terms of the lean adoption, in terms, so go to any private organization now, they think research or design is a kind of luxury. But here, GDS has kind of given the mindset where every service has a researcher, designer, content designer, 
and developers working with product owners in a one particular team, right? It might sound that there's huge amount of money being wasted, but I think it's it's initial upfront doing the hard work to get the things right. So uh, research or design is not a luxury. It's more about how it's mm. the mindset of finding and doing the right things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. So, so going back a few steps, you know, when you finished your engineering and when you actually started working as an engineer, uh, first of all, what made you come to the UK before your MBA at all? Was it your job that made you come to the UK? Uh, I think it was mixed of, uh, I mean, I had quite a few relatives here. Okay, so, uh, that's interesting. Uh, it's kind of a, a, a dream to come here. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, and and also wanted to do masters initially before my MBA. Uh, right, masters will help me uh, gain more technical kind of advantage. But more and more, I uh, did my two three years experience. I think mm. that's what I recommend people is like, don't do MBA or masters straight after your bachelor's. Have yeah. two to four years of experience. That's when you get to know what is that you like or again there's no right or wrong answer but at least you'll find where are your inclinations going towards so then that's when i i was like i'm more about people person i'm more about Hmm. things and more about the business and product yeah right what masters were you considering was it still in the technical area uh that was still in technical area right 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 i applied and had got admission to few master masters in uh uk but again some of that dream fell off (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Looking back, are you happy with the decision you took? I think, yeah, that's the best decision I've ever taken. Nice. Uh, doing an M- yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Definitely. So what what made your choice for Imperial? Was it you being in the UK, which which led to a natural choice of Imperial? What are the other schools you were considering? So Imperial was one of the top choices for me, if, uh, at least at that moment. We were living in London. My mm. wife was working in London. Uh, anywhere else would have been a bit hard, uh, Oxford or Cambridge. So work, uh, I think I was looking for work-life balance. Mm. And even more than that, I mean, just being in London, so networking would have been a bit easier. And yeah. Because I was finishing work on Friday and then starting on Monday in uh, uh, Imperial. So that, I mean, it's being uh, in touch with uh, people, that networking, that, that was quite uh, important as well. Right. So since you were in the UK, did you ever consider doing an executive MBA instead of a full-time MBA? Uh, quite a few friends asked me that question. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, I feel uh, uh, I, I thought of doing full-time because I was like, let's go in it. Let's yeah. do it full come out because I don't work well when it is like bits and pieces. Yeah. Uh, when you put them in batches. I, I, I don't function in that way. I was like, if I'm doing something, I'll do and come out. Yeah, just focus I'm, I'm, and then put just immerse yeah. yourself in it. Exactly. So that that was the whole intention. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, did you did you consider things like opportunity cost or you know not making money for the one year and all that? Yeah, I did. I did. I mean, that that played a big part as well. So, <laughs> but he, I mean, in hindsight, the thing is, at that time we uh, we were looking at somewhere around forty to fifty thousand pounds. Mm. Uh, I mean. Fees, including the the various parties, various things we do, and books, yeah. etc. So, and plus the salary, which was like almost another fifty grand, which we were losing. So we were looking like, okay, there's a hundred k opportunity cost, which you're losing. Yeah. But if you look back, right, it's always uh, again, as Steve Jobs says, it's you have to go front and then yeah. you can connect the back, yeah. right? So <laughs> looking back, 
I think uh, I, I can't complain about that 100K. I mean, uh, yeah. I've been lucky enough uh, that, I mean, we are a 5 million pound business now and then the previous company I ran, good 120 odd people. So I can't complain. I mean, I'm yeah. serious. <laughs> nice. So you, you mentioned your wife was working in a job back then. Was she, was yeah. she working in a job? So do you think that made this isn't slightly easier that at least there's one income coming in? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Cool. That, that was a big plus as well. So that cool. helped. I mean, she's been my constant i mean we both studied uh, engineering together she's the one like ah. supporting if not she then i wouldn't have been even doing my gmat then i was like <laughs> lazy postponing my dates where you can be free <laughs> uh, of cost i think for up to four or five weeks before yeah yeah so i think she's been my uh, support factor uh, all the way through so that yeah yeah, I mean, it it was very similar for us. So, so my wife uh, did the MBA as well, actually at Imperial. And that made it, this isn't easier for us because she, she did MBA after coming here, after getting married and coming here. And me having a job made that decision slightly easier because right. like, hey, we're getting one income, it's fine. You know, take the time out. But in my case, it wasn't that easy. I was like, shit, I'm losing money, a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I think that that's uh, at that moment when, when the money is going off, uh, uh, I think when it's a hard earned your money or parents' money, uh, that, yeah. that, that decision comes in. But I think that's my advice to people uh, is, I mean, there are various ways. If there are scholarships, look at it. Uh, but if your wife, uh, wife is working or yeah. uh, partner's yeah. working, that's a good one. But if not also, I think if you look at the longer picture, right, uh, they say life is short, but if you look at the longer picture, definitely it pays back. Uh, yeah. yeah. One yeah. way or the other, it definitely pays back. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, uh, absolutely. So after your MBA, you know, I, I can see that you actually jumped into the Scrum and the Agile um, line of work as such. Was that deliberate? Was it conscious? Or you just happened to find this line of work that you, you, you discovered later on that, hey, this actually is not that bad? Like, what came first? <laughs> I think uh, when I was working at B-Sky-B, they were doing uh, loads of agile transformations then. That's mm. when I, in terms of uh, the way things are done, way a different way of thinking. Again, it was not hugely different to what we were doing in Sony Ericsson because we were doing... Uh, Scrum and Agile there, but this at B Sky B changed my perspective about okay, this is uh, where a proper way of uh, doing the things. And when I say doing things, it's more about doing valuable things and mm. getting the people early and checking out that. So that helped change my mindset. And then I thought I'll try it more. Uh, then it was no looking back. Uh, did Scrum mastering, coaching, then mm. being programmer as well. So. Uh, more and more, it's more about, for me, it's about, because if there's a vision, if you set the right vision, get do the hard work to get the right people, and then you give, give them a right and safe environment, then, mm. then it's more about, when I say safe, it's where they have open discussions, as well as where they have problems, uh, we as agilists, or any any human being, or any leader, right? You're there to unblock things. Yeah. So you make sure that, they're running as fast as they can. You're making sure that the company is not slowing down. So I think if you take Agile umbrella off, I mm. think that's what people should be doing. It's more about enabling your people and creating that safe environment where they experiment things. And that, that's what, again, I, uh, I really liked about Agile, where it's more about experimentation. It's okay to fail. Yeah. 
used to celebrate success, uh, failures. Like, for example, I bought a cake uh, in ASOS where uh, the team were trying an experiment. It didn't work, but it was more about a learning. But So we mm. got a cake to celebrate, right? So that's how it should be, where you are. You didn't fail, but you learned something. And then next, there was one more hypothesis. And then eventually, the idea. Yeah, that's interesting. So, so this was like back in 2010, 2011. How do you think the concept was received for Agile and Scrum back in those days? I ask because, you know, in, in 2011, I got into product management and even product management was not very well understood. A lot of people, uh, you know, did not really get the whole concept, especially in London. I think it was slightly harder because I was seeing a lot of people describing product management in the U.S., and Silicon Valley had caught up to the concept much faster and much earlier, as opposed to how things were in London. How did you find that when it came to Agile and Scrum? So I think 2009 to 11 or 12, I think that many companies were in that initial, uh, what you can say, initial adoption uh, mode. Uh, it's, it's mainstream now, but I think that was a bit more fun, I think, then, uh, where... Yeah. Everyone, I mean, good companies were wanting to experiment. Uh, also, there were a few learnings along the way where it was hard, where companies didn't get it. They, there was no environment. So, there are, I mean, there have been some gigs where I, I was supposed to do six months work, but I came out like within a week hmm. where the companies were not set up. And I had to have that honest conversation where, look, if you're not set up right, you're wasting your money and my time. So, how do you want to do it? They were like, uh, no do it for six months, let's see if it goes, it's good. So there was one man, one leader who said it's good on my CV, on his CV, that wow. Agile transformation. But I think what Agile does is it gives you, it's it's like the water. if you take the water off the sea, yeah. right? showing where, where are the problems. So, so it's not a silver bullet. It's showing where are the problems or where are things it's slowing down. If the leaders don't want to change it, right? So it's how do we... Uh, change their mindset how we try coaching it but you can can take the horse to the water but you can't sometimes make them drink water right so yeah yeah come out of the gigs early so fail fail early or learn early yeah interesting yeah as you mentioned you know now now it's in a good understanding around what agile and scrum is so i I can imagine that things have become much easier for you at least at least i think when you talk to companies they don't ask you that question hey what do you exactly do Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, that's, uh, it's in a uh, mainstream mode, but you'll be surprised. I mean, still there are like 60 to 70% of companies who are still in the the waterfall way, but there's, I mean, things work out for them. Again, as I said, Agile is not a silver bullet. Uh, It's the mindset. If they are already in that mindset, we can't just say they are in waterfall. So, yeah, but it's, it's becoming mainstream big time. Yeah. I can imagine. Cool. So, so, I mean, Tying, tying in with your experience as well. So you did your MBA and then you started working in, in Agile and Scrum. How, were you able to join the dots between what you studied in your MBA to what you were actually doing? Was there, was there anything more valuable than what you took away? And was there something that you've actually never used <laughs> uh, since you last studied in MBA? I think that's a really great question, Avinash, because uh, I think this my current consultancy and the previous consultancy, I think that's that's when I was making some notes where uh, if I joined the dot back, right, there's so many things I studied in MBA, but I thought, okay, uh, for example, accounting, I was like, okay, let's, let's do accounting. Uh, I didn't have much fun with it, but 
right my day to day now uh, like five times a week we we have the cash flow discussion with my finance officer wow. uh, because sometimes you have departments paying us after uh, what do you say after maybe three months but we are we have to pay our consultants in less than 25 30 days right mm-hmm. so it's a huge slow problems that we are in but I mean as I remember my uh, according professor talking cash is king right now those things are coming back to me right so where i have to pay put that hat as kind of a ceo of the company looking at the money coming in was money going out uh there are different hats that i end up wearing like uh, my day looks like this morning i was looking speaking to legal where he was looking at few ndas and few contracts and we started signing a few statement of works where Yes, they are reading it, but it's always good for my lens as well to look at those perspectives when, when we are signing these statement of works with companies. And and then like yesterday, I was at Newcastle there. It was the start of the inception, uh, inception being at the start of our engagement with Department of Work and Pension. So it was more about coaching and more about the mindset to bring, okay, this is the way we are going to deliver. So they, they were okay. They wanted to embrace it, but we, we, we had to talk about it's like a chain management right mm. so, so different courses i studied from a chain management <laughs> perspective they were doing they are doing some things now versus they want to do some things later so it's more about explaining they are unfrozen i mean in terms of that quarters uh, uh, seven step chain model if you uh, remember uh, <laughs> i actually don't <laughs> they, they are unfrozen so these lessons are coming back to me so nice. frozen unfrozen so it's essentially it's like if you're ingrained in way of doing things like you're ingrained in agile but that's way of thinking but you, you have to unfroze yourself learn something new and then freeze and then how we, how you are in that environment so uh, yeah i mean uh, i think if i join the dots back there's so many things uh, that mba has thought uh, as i said chain management finance strategy marketing i mean that's something we we are pushing quite a lot in terms of uh, connect again our website has been our primary way but that's something marketing we are doing uh, uh that's we had a i had to sit down with our uh, staff saying that okay how do we focus on digital media digital marketing and how do we get more information out about scrum connect uh, because our ambition is to grow from 40 odd people to roughly 100 odd people in next one year so how do we get there? So marketing is one aspect of it. Finance is one aspect of it. So speaking to RBS about getting some invoice funding, etc. So yeah, I mean, with all this, you have to wear. So you can't say, okay, I did my MBA. I can I can forget my accounting or I can. So I I, I literally wore those hats in the last three days. I wore like seven or eight different hats. Yeah, that's really interesting, you know, because. You're, you're able to wear the hats or you're able to relate to it so much as an entrepreneur uh, at the moment. Uh, and that's that's going against a lot of people who complain that, hey, MBA is probably not relevant to entrepreneurship because entrepreneurship is more about, you know, practical experiences. But on the other hand, you're actually able to be an entrepreneur and relate to so much that you learned in MBA. So yeah. that's that's like a good um, comparison over there. I'm not sure where I was going with that, but it just occurred to me that it actually is a very good connection over there. So it is so relevant to anyone and everyone that, that in, in any career option you might end up doing. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it, I, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. It's it's helping me on different wearing different hats. So at least it gave me a, kind of a starting point where I knew what the cash flow, what the, mm. the balance sheets or profit loss. 
again, uh, I, MBA was helpful, but not necessarily. There are many people who, without MBA, if, if your ass is on fire, you essentially learn this. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's a really good. That's a really good point. Either do an MBA or just try and get your ass on fire as quickly as possible. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that that's really interesting. Now, you know, in in terms of the MBA, I think I think we spoke a lot lot of things. You you like some of the aspects of the Imperial as well. Is there something you did not like, or is that something that you wish was better when you were doing your MBA? If I were to look back, wow, gosh, that was a good 10 years ago. <laughs> uh, if, if I were to change a few things, well, probably I would uh, get myself more involved during those case studies where uh, do those initial preps if I had time. Uh, sometimes I was just from one class to other. One yeah, class to other. the so, hamster wheel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, I think... That's one advice I would give if anyone is doing the MBA, at least mm. uh, in Imperial, first three to four months. It's quite intense. Uh, I don't know how it was for you, Vinash, for us. It was quite Very intense. Much. It's the same. Yeah. <laughs> so if be prepared for those first three months, three, four months. Uh, again, it's 12 months close, but be focused on those case studies, come prepared. Uh, that, that That's what I would change. Uh, apart from that, I, mean, uh, I would try and have more fun with my... <laughs> uh, and there are moments where I'm sitting in with my uh, wife and the young kid, but my friends were there in the pub. Uh, yeah. So oh I'm, yeah. <laughs> well, at least I didn't have that problem at all. I was alone. I was a bachelor, and yeah, I think I think that's my aspect. I think I had too much fun. <laughs> good, right? See, you're smiling, so that that's good memories, right? <laughs> that's true. That's true. But I think I think you made a very relevant point about you know being prepared for the case studies. One thing that comes to my mind is, at least I, I don't know what you think, but during my MBA, I wish that we had a lot more uh, relationship with the actual industry. That means actually speak to a lot more people who are working at that point of time instead of getting a lot of academic inputs. Uh, I wish a lot more people would you know, come and relate their experiences. I know we had some evening events and all that stuff, but I wish it was somehow incorporated within the curriculum as opposed to like having optional. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree. I mean, yeah, you, I think you, you have a good point there. So if, if you had people who are running the business uh, coming in there and talking like your first month or second month, yeah. So, imagine imagine you had to go back to Imperial during a particular course, how much more value you can give now. So imagine those people are willing to give value. Yeah, I think that would have been helpful because for me, if I'm sitting there, uh, I was like, okay, gosh, uh, these many courses, different things. And <laughs> like you say, hamster wheel, right? Yeah. So then probably this this hindsight view that always helps. So for me, I can give the hindsight now, it's in 10 years, but I would have like, oh shit, what I've done uh, straight after passing my MBA, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> struggling for uh, in the Maslow's hierarchy, struggling for the basic job. So so yeah, there are times, but yes, you're right. In the hindsight, uh, that would have helped having that yeah. industry. I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely cool. So, so, you know, going back to where you are right now with your career, um, where are you what's what's next for you in terms of where you are what are you what is your vision from now onwards so for me as i said it's a people business for us uh, we are delivering services for government uh, all our 40 consultants are in government space right now so we want to crack a bit more into private space so i like targets so i'm more target okay i'm a lazy person so <laughs> if i have a target, then i work towards it so 
at the start of uh, probably last uh, three quarters ago, so almost a year ago, I was like, "What? what's our target going to be? Our target was to be 50 people by June, mid-June this year. So we are 40, 40 people now. So my next target is, okay, let's move on to 100 people. So in, in order, if you have that target, that's the impact I want to do. If we have that 100 people, then you start thinking, okay, that's your why. So people should look up for impact mapping. I, I'm sure Avinash uh, knows around impact mapping in your yeah. That's my why for my company. Hmm. And you have that 100 people, then how do you grow? And when with your growth, I think there are a bit, bit more challenges, a bit more problems. Yes, cash flow is one problem, but how do you ensure the DNA of the company is there? How do you ensure? Because when we are 10 or 20 or 30 odd people, I can still be hands-on, go and see how get the pulse and ensure, okay, are we delivering the right way and then have that client interactions. But there, there comes more challenges when we're going from 40 to 100 people. Mm. So it's the hard way in the previous this company where we are like 100, 120 odd people. So it's more about how do I create? So we are creating communities. So we create, when I say communities, where we have a BA community, we have a user research community, and then we try and cross-pollinate amongst each other where they learn. For example, last week we had a research community talking to BA in terms of what is their expectation from uh, BAs in terms of discovery, etc. So again, there are ways around so there are challenges so for us next is grow 200 people that's my why and then mm-hmm. how we do for various different ways as i said product uh, marketing yeah. and then making sure the right dna is there i.e our core culture and then uh, the finance suspects getting different funding etc so yeah uh, if i don't get finance for example then <laughs> then we are uh, then we have slow down our uh, growth but i think uh, I'm, I'm a kind of person yeah let's try it till i get I get maybe burnt, uh, <laughs> but that's one life, right? So keep trying and learn from it. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Tools. No, that that's a really great mantra. <laughs> awesome. So, uh, Praveen, is there is there something you wish I had asked you? Uh, I think really good questions you have had. Uh, I think what else could you have asked? Probably uh, one one thing uh, is around like post MBAs. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know of. Batch. Uh, we have catch-ups, but uh, I think the regular catch-ups between the uh, the team members, the cohorts, that would be more useful to share mm-hmm. and learn. Like, uh, like we have a BA community and then UX community and learning from each other. Uh, like, like you are a product manager. If there are various other product managers, how do you catch up and learn from each other? That can tend to get diluted a lot when yeah. when we MBA. Like everyone gets busy, so. Yeah, uh, probably that uh, that would have been very useful. I would say. Yeah, yeah, actually, actually, you're right. I agree because because I know that Imperial runs a lot of these alumni uh, meetups and alumni, uh, you know, get-togethers. But I never really go to them probably because yeah. I because there's so much going on, right? And I'm like, but there are people who could have gone to like completely diverse areas. If someone's gone to banking and someone's gone into like. Uh, you know, fashion marketing. I, I'm not sure I can relate to everyone. So number one, I don't have that much time. And number two, I try to weigh the ROI <laughs> of going as well. But I think you're right. If there are more focused communities such that we can actually draw value from each other. And and today's world, you know, we don't have to do much. We, we can even start a Slack group or something, or we can even start like a Facebook group or something. But at least we have the common connection of that particular university. And then we can like expand from there. 
yeah, you're right. The pulse is missing, right? So yeah, absolutely. That's a really good point. Maybe we should start at some point of time. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Great, great. Uh, Praveen, this was fantastic. Is are there any final piece of thought or advice that you have for people listening to this? Uh, I think I've said it all, but uh, if you're going for MBA, go for it. If you're not going for it, but still, uh, yeah, uh, keep, going ahead. keep going ahead, connect the dots back, uh, because in the hindsight, then you can always laugh or smile about it that, okay, you took the right decision. So never stop trying. That's, that's, been, that's one of the, uh, at least the hard way I've learned it, but uh, that has helped me a lot. Yeah, fantastic. No, that, that's, that's a great piece of advice. Um, Praveen, how do people know more about you and how can they get in touch with you? Uh, you have my email ID. I think yeah. uh, people can get in touch with me via Twitter handle or my email is praveen at scrumconnect.com. Uh, you can share it there uh, or I can be found on LinkedIn. I have a very unique surname, Karadi Gudi. So, uh, so LinkedIn. So that's a small town, a uh, small village from where I come from. So... Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm mean, happy to help if people have questions. Like, I'm, I'm glad that it was useful for you when you're joining my MBA, uh, your MBA. So, you're doing the great stuff. I think this podcast is helping people. Again, really useful stuff you're doing, Avinash. So, anything else, if people want to get in touch, entrepreneurship, product, agile, or maybe anything, just happy happy for people to be in touch yeah fantastic no praveen thanks a lot for taking out your time today i know it's evening it's family time so um yeah don't want to keep you up for too long <laughs> brilliant yeah thank you so much Avinash. it was great i enjoyed it thank you same here take care bye-bye Bye. thank you for listening to the mba jam now it's time for you to take action head over to the mbajam.com to listen to more episodes and discover great resources